Hi, I'm JD. This is ChimeraCast, a production of the Chimera Collective. If you enjoy our podcast, please consider leaving us a review on your favorite podcatcher. We also have merch available and just launched our Patreon. For backing, you'll gain access to our Discord and the ability to vote on upcoming seasides. You can also get an RSS feed for an unabridged table-side version of the podcast, which includes all our banter, rules discussions, and session debriefs. We'll also have game readings and occasional exclusive seasides in that feed. Links to the details and our social media are in the show notes. Hi, I'm Zach. I'm playing Emilio Moretti, the bard. Hi, I'm Ryan. I'm playing Urazidi, the spellblade. Hi, I'm Nathan. I'm playing Kimmon Belaskis, the shaman. I'm JD. I'm the dungeon master for this game. This is ChimeraCast, a Dungeon World actual play podcast. When last we left off, you guys were making your way slowly but surely through the vulture lands. After finding your guide's body and fighting off uh, another harpy, three adventurers have made it to this kind of crumbling tower on the edge of a ravine. Um, you guys crossed the bridge that led over to the tower, which, as a reminder, has like eyes carved into the top of it. I should say a single eye on each face. As the three of you approached the doorway, though, a voice spoke in your mind and said that this place is forbidden to you. And that's where we left off. I knocked and then the voice said that this place is forbidden to you. Yes. So we're going to pick it up right there, I think. The three of you are in front of this, this old kind of rotted wooden doorway by this crumbling tower with um, like pockmarks from erosion across the stone. And yeah, you just knocked. So the like the voice says that this place is not for you, correct? Like that was that just me that hears it, or is it like out loud? Uh, it was in your mind, but I think all of you, all three of you, heard it. Okay, in your mind. Urazidi cocks his head, looking at the tower up and down. I am the son of Uru Kali Loom. No place on the face of this earth is forbidden to me. Open wide the receptacle, please. The tower stands in silence. That is its only response to you. Kimmon grabs Urizidi's shoulder. What did we talk about earlier with the whole being respectful of other cultures? When you hear a voice in your head and you don't know where it's coming from, usually demanding something is not a good idea. Other cultures bow before our superior culture, Kimmon. There's three of us. There's not a lot of culture here right now. Well, I don't see any of them. Who knows, it could be uh, an enchantment left behind. Well, wouldn't you know how to check for that? Urizidi arches an eyebrow <laughs> at Melio. I suppose. And yeah, he's gonna, he kind of like extends magical senses out, probing. He's looking around. Is there any ritual markings? Any sort of signs that there's a, a spell that's been cast? 
Yeah, go and uh, discern realities for me. Sick. That is a five. Fuck yeah. Coming from around the kind of the back side of the tower, from where you guys are standing, come marching out in formation four skeletons. Each of them is wearing blackened bronze armor, helmets. Each of them carries with them a wicked-looking curved blade. They're called chotels. I don't know if you guys know what those are. They're essentially a semicircle of a blade, or almost a, almost a, a half-circle blade, so it's very, very curved. Um, and that those blades match their armor. The four of them come marching as if along a road that, that would lead to this bridge. But as they march what would be like past this tower, the four of them kind of angle and turn towards you. And they begin coming towards the three of you. What do you guys do? Since I'm probably the one who's looking around, I mean, I failed, but I think that maybe I'm the one who stumbles into them. Like I'm the first one to see them as they come around the tower. Urazidi kind of falls into that chaotic maelstrom of magic that is his spellblade form. So you just want me to roll for that? or Go ahead. Were you going to say anything to your party members about this, or are you just reacting? We have company. If the two of you could be so good enough to come help. That is a 10. What was the templest result for your blade? I get to hold three. Lose all hold when I break form or make another move, and I spend hold one for one to do any of the following. I can deal my damage to an enemy within near range with spell or blade, take away an enemy's advantage or give advantage to an ally, sunder an enemy's armor, they take minus one armor ongoing, force a change of location. Um, it's cost two hold and I can choose the location, and I can aid or interfere with someone even at a distance. Hell yeah. Melio or Kimmin, what are you guys doing? You should probably try and apologize really quick. See if they're sentient. Kimmin looks at Melio like, Rolls his eyes. Later. And I'm going to uh, take off my earring with Ish's soul bound to it. And I want to release him between us and the skeletons. We talked before about it offering three hold of defend when I release it. But I'm going to try to, since I leveled up, I'm, I took seance. So I want to try to spirit talk and convince Ish to stick around. Interesting. So you're going to release Ish's spirit and then try to talk to it right away, or are you going to talk to him like later? The way spirit talk is formatted, it definitely suggests that I do it as releasing, okay. but I guess depending on how you want, if you want like more action forward, we can wait until after the scene is fine with me too. Yeah, I think especially since you're going to try to convince him to stick around, doing so when he's already bound to you is, I don't know, right? Because after this fight, then you would have to try to convince him to rejoin into your earring again. Is that right, basically? So I'll read spirit talk, okay. and then you... So, when you say the name of a spirit bound to a totem you've made, instead of consuming a charge, you can roll plus whiz. On a 10 plus, the spirit is successfully released and it returns to the totem afterward. On a 7 through 9, the spirit is released, but choose one. You draw unwelcome attention or put yourself in a spot. The GM will tell you how. Your reputation is in the spirit realm is damaged. Take minus one ongoing to spirit talk until you have about an hour to perform a ceremony honoring the spirits. A charge of the totem is still consumed. Mm. So that, that putting oneself in a spot. Yeah, go ahead and roll it then. Cool. So that's a 10. So he returns to the totem after this. Right. After giving Melio a side eye, I take the earring off and hold it close and 
I'm sorry about what happened. I know that you're not very happy with us, and that's totally reasonable, but I don't think that this is the place you want to pass on. Something seems off here. If you help us, I promise I will bring you back to your homeland, and you can pass on there. Very well. After you have at least paid my corpse some respect. <laughs> Kim invisibly sweating at this. <laughs> it seems you lot are the only chance I have for a proper rest. I will help you. We can kind of discuss what this is going to mean going forward. But certainly in this fight right now, yeah, you have you have those three old to use. So yes, Ish turns to face these skeletons alongside you guys, and, and a spectral shield of his typical design manifests itself. Melio. So Ish is defending us when the skeletons reach the barrier. What happens? They're going to run into Urizidi first. Oh, okay. Right, because Isht is backed by you guys, and Urizidi established himself as kind of the front line, as it were. Melio, if you're just waiting and you're going to react to stuff, that's cool. Yeah. I just didn't know if you wanted to do anything. I'll pull out my bearded axe. Zidi, get back behind the barrier. You're naked and alone out there. I'll uh, start to close the gap between us and Zidi. Definitely, Melio, as you move forward, Isht moves alongside you. And then, yeah, as these skeletons come forward, Urizidi, they're going to come to you first unless you're retreating from them. They are moving in lockstep, but they're not running at you or reacting particularly quickly. But they are coming at you. Yeah. Urizidi kind of backs up, and he's using his glaive to keep it between him and them. But as one of them steps closer towards him, he sort of thrusts out and a nimbus of green flecked with black energy surrounds the tip of his glaive's blade or like it sheathes the blade and he smashes it towards the breastplate. I'm going to use two hold. I'm going to deal my damage and I'm going to reduce the one of their AC by one. Cool. Yeah, go ahead and mark those off and roll your damage and we'll see what that looks like. Three damage. And then you said that the other one reduces their armor by one. Is that right? Minus one armor ongoing. Cool. As you strike it, or as this um, energy comes off of your blade, the patina, the, the blackened exterior of this armor, cracks, and you see what looks like fresh golden bronze underneath it. And then as you strike it, you know, a couple of bones sort of shake loose, but they keep marching forward. This one, since it is the closest to you now and you've attacked it, it raises up this semicircular blade. The curved side is facing you, so not like a scythe, but like a scimitar or whatever. And swings it down at you. What do you do? Urizidi dives for cover behind Ish, the shield that he's creating. Kimmin, as the the keeper of Ish's leash, as it were, would you want to use one of your hold here? I'll spend a hold. Though you gotta talk to him. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, as Urizidi, you kind of dive behind Ish, and Ish lifts this spectral shield up and the sword bounces off it like it rebounds almost like it cuts into the shield a little bit before bouncing back off of the repelling energy however the rest of these are are all still marching ish can hold this line for a second or two but it's not going to last for very long by himself with my axe drawn zd get in concert with me we gotta take these things out one at a time i'll go for the head you take the knees I'm going to try and whip my bearded axe up at the top of this thing's dome piece. I love it. Give me a hack and slash. You're going for the same one that was swinging at ZD. Is that right? 
Yeah, so like Ish blocked it and it kind of rebuffed, you know, clanging off of this celestial spirit energy. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to try and whop its head off while ZD gets the knees. I mean, this is a skeleton. The structural integrity has got to be next to nothing. <laughs> that will be a 10. 10. Go ahead and roll your damage for me. That'll be a one. <laughs> uh, your your bearded axe, I think, bounces off of the helmet of this skeleton, and it doesn't seem to react at all. It, it stares back at you with its empty eye sockets, but then flips the blade around side to side and cuts across at you. What do you do? Oh, so as it's as it's like making eyes at Melio, I want to jump over Melio's head basically and kick this skeleton in the face, and with my dagger out, try to slash at the one. Next to it. Next to it. Okay, cool. Because they're, they're like they're in they're in rows, right? I'm not. Uh, it's it's two by two, but yes. Okay. I kind of have a cool aid situation. Okay. If this comes up, got it. Is this still a hack and slash? Or you want me to? Or, or, yes, this will still be a hack and slash. That's a nine. Awesome. Uh, go ahead and roll your damage. That's a one. <laughs> oh no. We're we're bad at killing. Oh 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 oh. Yes. So. The shaman has a move called Guardian Spirit. So I choose a spirit that forever watches over me, and I chose the beetle spirit, Babadia. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Once per attack, when I deal my damage and roll a one, the spirit <laughs> comes to my aid. What? <laughs> Once per what? Once per attack. What? Yeah, it's bonkers. <laughs> so I re-roll that damage die, and I get plus two armor forward. Holy shit. That rules. God damn. It's very good. I'm going to re-roll my die. We'll do that first, and then I'll talk about what this looks like. It's a two. A 100% improvement. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I did realize that you rolled a nine. That is right. So, Melio, if you wanted to aid, you could on this one. Oh, just to bring it up to a 10. Right. So my idea for a sweet move was you're going for a Kataro Crusher like over the top of my head. Yeah, and- I, I'm planting on your shoulder and jumping over you. And you're tra- you're trying to kick it in the face? Is that I just like come up and try and kick it at the same time in the chest like a 300 kick. So we get the double whammy as it just like sends it reeling backwards. It sounds I'll great. Allow it. <laughs> cool. So eight plus uh, one bond is nine. Unless you want to bring in another bond because I have one with Baba Dia. If Baba Dia's showing up. <laughs> I don't think so on that one. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> If you were aiding Babadia specifically, then maybe. But Babadia didn't even show up until this was already resolved. As Kimmin, you kind of have jumped over, and Melio kicks out, and you're coming down and and striking at it. But uh, this dagger, I think, just bounces off of the metal breastplate of this this skeleton. And both it and the one next to it are going to slash out at the two of you. But I think, given your 10, as you kind of bounced back, you're able to duck under it, Kimmin. But Melio, having exposed yourself somewhat in order to get this kick in, you are going to get struck by one of these blades. So go ahead and roll a D8 of damage for me. Okay. Uh, that'll be an 8. Plus 1. 9. Ouch. Okay, cool. Armor does apply and all of that business. How much HP do you have? I have uh, 19, so I'll be going to 11. Okay, you're going to take this hit. I'm going to save the hold because there are four of them. What does it look like when Babadia comes to your aid? Oh, I actually am excited for this. So I jump over. Babadia is hanging on like a chain around my neck encased in soul glass. 
And so I come over the shoulder and I kick this skeleton and spin around to slash at this other one. And in doing so, I, I twist and it, the two pieces of glass collide and it kind of cracks. And the camera shows Babadia's weird beetle body kind of just flex for a second. And the slash of the skeleton moves up like an inch as though pushed by a strong wind and it just misses Kimmon and hits Melio. Well, no, the other skeleton is the one that, that hit Melio because they're attacking like in lockstep against the two of you, right? Well, but they were doing a slash across near both of us. Mm-hmm. So it's it just misses me barely. And if one were not discerning, one <laughs> could think that it just missed, but the camera shows otherwise. I like it. So it's, it's, it's very subtle then. That's cool. But there is a big crack in my pendant now. Melio has been cut across the chest since it was a pretty massive injury there. Urizidi, probably you have the opening now, as these other two, I think, are engaged pretty well with Melio and Kimmin. What do you do? So there's three left, right? There are still four. Oh, okay. They have not destroyed any skeletons. Cool, cool. Because my order is secretive, I can turn one thing invisible, a person or a thing, with a hold. So I'm going to turn myself invisible. Sounds right. And I'm going to try to flank and backstab this one that I've lowered its armor. And that was your last hold, correct? Yeah, yeah. So after this, I'm going to have to do it again. Cool. I want you to defy danger for me in order to do this. This is not going to be a hack and slash because I think I'm not worried about you being able to do damage to this thing. Give me a defy danger, I think, plus probably intelligence. Okay, cool. That's the stat that you use for like your magic and stuff, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Cool. So give me a defy danger plus intelligence. Uh, that's a 10. Fantastic. So go ahead and roll your damage then. Just two. As you do this, you attack and um, your glaive cuts through a couple of bones, but the skeleton does not come apart or anything. It's not destroyed. And for the moment, it appears that they're not really noticing you or paying attention to you. Kim and Emilio, you guys are still locked in combat with these things. Your rich weekend warrior has disappeared. What do the two of you do? These things are still attacking you guys, still coming at you guys. But at this point, I think the initiative is on you all. If you want to do something else other than just hack and slash, you can do so. I did the last thing. I jumped over your, you know. I did the last thing. I kicked him in the chest and got fucking slashed for eight damage. I'm in pain. Ah, fuck. Good point. Ah. Ugh, close the openings, you fucking moron, and I shoulder you. Yeah, Kimmin is obviously confused by this, and then a, a skeleton takes a swipe, and he, I'm going to duck under that and try to grab the skeleton as it attacks mm. and pull it to the ground. I want to take its armor off. Hell yeah. Dope. <laughs> Give me a defy danger plus strength, then. That's a nine. Cool. You are going to be able to wrestle this thing to the ground, I think. But I think the two of you are just kind of locked up. You know what I mean? You might be able to get this armor off, but it's going to take a little bit as the two of you are kind of wrestling with each other. Sounds good. It is strange because you're used to wrestling opponents, right? And it's flesh on flesh. But this flesh on bone thing is weird. And the, the strength that the skeleton has is obviously not muscular. It comes from whatever magic is animating it. And so it doesn't resist you the way that like a human could or a, a flesh and blood creature would be able to wrestle against you. 
I imagine it's a sort of binary strength where it's either on or off, not one that's ramping up as if somebody applies more pressure. Right. Yeah, I think that's exactly it. You're on the ground with this thing and you've at least got it down. Unfortunately for you, though, the one behind it is just going to try and chop at you. What do you do? Well, I'm going to try to pull the skeleton that I'm wrestling with into into the path of its attack. That rules. Give me another Defining Shot plus Strength, I think. It's a 12. Nice. Go ahead and roll your damage. Four damage. Cool. As you pull this the skeleton forward, I think the one in the rear behind it that's attempting to attack you with the blade is doing so side style. And so it's the point of the curved blade that pierces through a little bit of that armor. And you feel bone dust, not exactly spray, but settle across you, this gray-white powder. It has not been destroyed. It is still locked up with you. But as of right now, at least, its body is, is somewhat shielding your own from the attacker behind. Melio, having been struck once by these things, your left flank unit has fallen and is on the ground. So you, you basically are standing alone now against the three of these skeletons that are upright. The one in front of you is bringing this blade around to slash across at you again. It's just, it's just aiming to chop your head off. What do you do? <laughs> I quickly dart my eyes from side to side, noticing that our weakened warrior has abandoned us, or hopefully better so, is doing something schemy. You said this uh, castle was made out of, like, a, a soft rock? Yeah, it has been long weathered. Yeah, okay. You see my nimbleness that I haven't used thus forth come into play. I skip back on my heels and clang my axe against the wall of this thing. Over here, you damn dead! Clanging it again. Clanging it again. I'm over here. Come and get me. You think I'm dead? And I rub deep into the blood that is drenched in my chest and flick it at them. <laughs> I'm just trying to like corral them towards me in the hopes that someone's going to do something. <laughs> uh, give me a defy danger plus charisma. Cool. Uh, that'll be a 10. At the very least, the one that was engaged with you and the one behind it are going to kind of peel off. So this is going to leave two of them with Kimmin. The one on the ground and the one behind it. But then the other two, I think, are going to come for you, Melio. As they peel off, Urizidi, I don't necessarily think your invisibility is going to last forever. No, I don't think. It's temporary. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm about to come back in in just a sec. Cool. Yeah, do you want to do anything then? Yeah, yeah. While Urizidi's invisible, the camera pans kind of around him. And it's that shot when Frodo has the ring on. It's like trying to think of what that, like, fuzzy like that. You're on Wraithland. Yeah, kind of. It's like textural. You can just make out pressed into Urizidi's back is this shadowy human figure that kind of towers above him a little bit. Oh. I'm going to try to just do blade magic again, but I think that is what the camera sees. Sick. Uh, that's an eight. So I think I get two hold. Yes, hold two, and my technique is flawed, putting me in danger or a spot. Oh, interesting. As you flash out of this invisibility realm, as you come out, I think you realize that this the skeleton behind the one that you initially attacked, as they kind of are pulling away towards Melio, it was following your movement while you were invisible still. Oh, okay. 
but they are marching off towards Melio, so you can, you have the the kind of advantage. Whichever one is closer to Melio, I'm gonna spend one hold from a distance to I slash my this sort of magical wreathed glaive through the air and basically creating a magical beam where the strike comes down towards this thing. I'm just gonna try to deal my damage to it. Cool. And you just spend the hold to do that, right? So yeah. So I just have one hold left. Roll your damage. Hell yeah, that's seven damage. What does it look like when you obliterate this first skeleton? Oh, sick. Yeah, I think it's basically whatever the effect of just like having a big glaive blade brought down through the top of your head all the way through you would be. So it basically just like explodes it into two halves. Hell yeah, that rules. Even the armor, yeah, is like cut apart by this, I think. And this skeleton falls to bones. And as it does so, it it doesn't maintain its integrity the way that a human body would. It literally scatters in a pile of bones. Sweet. Melio, that first one is done. The other one is still coming towards you, however, having been distracted by you. Yeah. But I think we need to go to Kimmin, who is still on the ground, underneath a skeleton, in fact. So the camera shows Kimmin artfully or just by by pure determination dodging blade strikes from the skeleton he's wrestling while also positioning the skeleton to getting hit on the back? I don't think that the skeleton can really use its blade this close. And so it probably tries to like slash at you a couple of times, but then would give up and drop its blade, and it's just going to try and choke you to death instead. That's cool. <laughs> it, like, hits the the ground around me with the hilt of the showtel a couple times and then becomes exasperated, tired of getting hit, and attempts to choke me. And I'm going to take my dagger and stick it between the, the two bones that make up the, the forearm and twist it and try to jam it up into, into its head. Cool. Thinking that that's probably basically where its magic's located, I'm hoping, or this does something. <laughs> cool. Yeah, just give me a hack and slash, I think, for this. That's a 10. 10, fantastic. Roll your damage. Two damage. You jam this thing through its forearm bones. And then as you as you go up to jam it in the head, it just turns its head and it catches it off that helmet that it's wearing. I love the idea of my, of the dagger like getting kind of caught in the helmet, and so mm. we're just kind of tangled up here. Yeah, yeah. The one behind it, I think, is still kind of caught up trying to stab at you as well. It's still looking for an opening, right? Right. And it probably strikes a couple of times but doesn't catch anything or it misses the two of you, you know. Melio, I think we're going to cut back over to you. The skeleton has made its way over to you and I think is going to lash out with its black blade. What do you do? So I've been kind of walking backwards and how close am I to the ledge? <laughs> yeah, baby, you know what's happening. Because you're asking, obviously you're close to the ledge. Yeah, he's swinging at me. I'm going to try and dodge the swing and use his momentum to go on my back and buck kick him. God. <laughs> Over the side. Hell yes. Uh, give me a defy ninja plus... Hmm. You're dodging, you're jumping, but you're also kicking. I'm going to go strength. The real issue, okay. I think you're going to be able to get around the blade and everything, assuming yeah. this roll goes fine, but the real issue is whether you kick him off the ledge or not. Yeah. We are looking at a seven. <laughs> not the two I was anticipating, so... Hold on. I can, with my last hold... Take away an enemy's advantage or give an advantage to an ally. Can I use my blade magic to create like a fell wind that just kind of like pushes the skeleton and maybe gives it that little like extra oomph to go over the edge? Yeah, I guess. I just don't know why because I can aid or interfere or I can give an advantage. Right, which isn't what you're doing. 
kind of. It is already going over the edge. I don't know. I don't. I think that that's just worded that way to flavorfully tell you you can aid or interfere. Well, no, because that's a separate option. Oh. It's definitely meant to be an advantage or disadvantage. I think you probably want to fictionally posit that before anything happens. If you do it after, I feel like that's more aid. Yeah, fair enough. I'll just hold on to the hold then. I want to dabble with like what that can mean, possibly. Yeah, it's a little confusing because you know you already have aid and interfere. Right. So that's why I feel like it needs to be a setup. Right? Yeah. You can put somebody on the back foot, as it were. Because mm-hmm. the only thing that I can think that I'm really trying to compare it to is Apocalypse World's combat. Take away an, an enemy's advantage or whatever. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I think the big thing that that could be used for is, like, they're behind a wall. You, you can destroy the wall or whatever. No, because I can take an advanced move to do that. What? Yeah, I can take an advanced move, and that allows me to just, if I, well, I guess that requires a 12+, plus, but I can remove or add anything to the environment that I want. First of all, kick ass. Please take that move. Yeah, um. <laughs> that's on the list. But, like, disarming, I think, maybe disarming. A, yeah, uh, or, yeah, that makes sense. I don't, I mean, I don't think it's totally inappropriate in this situation. I just also think that they're going over the edge anyway. Uh, yeah. Yeah, as you kick this skeleton it goes careening over the edge but of course grabs your leg oh no and and is dragging you with it over the edge you guys are going tumbling come in oh god you are still entangled with this skeleton on the ground (laughs) i'm gonna jump to the chase here it has its bony fingers around your throat it's fair it's gonna begin to squeeze what do you do the camera shows kim in like kicking his legs for a minute under this skeleton I think my dagger's gone careening off just because that's where this cinema is. And Kimmon's kicking his legs, and I'm going to straighten out, bring my legs up, and I'm going to wrap my legs around its torso and try to drag it over to the side. And then hopefully, if we get that far, begin elbowing it in the jaw and breaking its head off the rest of its body. Fuck yeah. Give me a Defy Ninja plus Strength, I think, here. All right, that's an eight. I should have just made this hack and slash, really. Still can. Yeah, I mean, you're going to end up doing your damage to this thing, I think, right? So go for it. Just roll your damage. That's a two. That's another fucking two. Another goddamn two. Yeah, your elbow is hitting onto this thing's helmet. Oh, I'm trying to, like, create an opening, right, where I, like, pump fake and then go to hit it, and it just keeps moving its helmet into the fucking way. But I think also because you got out from under it by tilting it to the side, the other one is still there, and it just finally brings that blade down that it's been waiting on. Go ahead and take a D8 plus one of damage. I have a different D8. You keep that D8. (laughs) These skeletons are so fucking deadly. They're so fucking mean. That's nine damage. Oh, fuck. Fuck. But... Ish is here to keep his side of the bargain. Ah. I'm going to have the damage. There you go. I like that. I'm not going to have it take it all because that seems, uh, you know, insincere. Yeah, it's not really the scene, but I do think it makes perfect sense that he would have this damage. So as the blade comes down, I think it misses its clean mark. So rather than going straight through you, it gets bashed to the side a little bit by Ish's spectral shield and just cuts you a little bit, but doesn't quite wound the same way that it would have. Rizidi, you are basically by yourself. Yeah. Kimmin is the closest to you, I think, at this point, now that Melio has brought the other skeleton off. However, you are going to see Melio go dragging over yeah. the ledge, but Kimmin is also in a bad spot, fighting two of these skeletons by himself. What do you do? Rizidi looks at the spot that Melio disappeared, looks at Kimmin fighting the two skeletons. The camera shows me biting the skeleton's <laughs> helmet. <laughs> <laughs> he shudders a little bit witnessing that 
then looks back at the tower, looks back to where his friends are fighting, sighs, and runs. I'm going to use my last hold and slam Talon into the back of this skeleton and try to use that nimbus of energy around the blade to like burn some of the skeleton. Basically, I'm just dealing my damage. Yeah, absolutely. Go ahead and roll it. You're attacking the one that is standing up and attacking Kimmin, right? Yeah, yeah. Three. So yeah, Uruzidi, as you hit this thing, it doesn't seem to react too much to the blow itself, but it does turn towards you now, pulling away from Kimmin. As it turns, it's just going to lash out with this scythe-like blade and attempt to cut your head off. What do you do? Uruzidi drops into a defensive stance. Knowing he doesn't maybe have time to draw on more power, it becomes purely defensive. Glaive held kind of up and across his body, ready to intercept this sword. Hell yeah. Go ahead and roll defend for me then. That is a nine. So you get one hold. Yes. As this blade comes across, what are you going to spend it on? I am going to... I think I'll have the attack's effector damage. Yeah, right on. Go ahead and roll his damage then. It's a D8 plus one. Uh, that is six. So three armor. So I take two damage. See, as it comes across, I think your glaive is going to block most of this blow, but the pointed tip, since he's attacking with it like a scythe this time, it still catches you a little bit. Melio, you're getting pulled over the ledge. There's even a moment, I think, where you have kicked him across and it grabs your leg, but as it does so, the forearm bones are detached from the upper arm bones, and then the magic like snaps back together and pulls you with him. Oh, that's that's really fun. That's fucking sweet, actually. Yeah, no, that's cool. So we get the drag across the gravel on the ground over the side, right? Like as I'm like scrambling, and then I try and like cinch my elbows into the ground over the side of the ledge. And- Fuck! I, I just take my bearded axe and try and jam it into the side of the cliff face to try and give myself a kunk to hold on to. Definitely. Defy danger plus strength, I think, unless you want to argue for something else. Strength is fine. I think we'll see how good I get this in the ground. It could be con as well. I could buy, but whichever's better for you, I don't really care. Con is a little bit better, so yeah. Do con then. I like that because like you know you got to hold fast is the real issue here. Yeah, I guess I'm trying to, like, hopefully he lets go and I'm fighting to carry his weight. Yeah, I like that. It's about, like, like hanging on more than it is anything else at this point. So, yeah, Yeah. I totally buy Constitution. Um, Plus, obviously, I kind of want to give it to you because the stakes are real high. (laughs) Oh, yes! (laughs) (laughs) I was so worried when you didn't even intentionally roll. I was like, oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no, I rolled a five. Oh, no! (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Sorry, I was excited because I rolled a five. We see from where Kimin and Urizidi still are. Melio goes over the edge. Melio will come back to you. Do you lose the axe or does the axe like dig through the dirt? I'm just curious. We see the axe get wedged into the ground and then the hand slips off the axe. Yeah, we see it up on top and then we get a hard cut to the side angle of the hand over the side, just fall almost immediately. Kimin, you are still being choked by the skeleton. I think at this point, it's starting to affect your vision. You're starting to get that tunnel vision as you realize that you have not been able to breathe for quite some time now. Not the first time Kimmon tries to get his bearings as... You'll recall that I had wrapped my legs around the skeleton and dragged it to its side, and I, I get my feet under me and, and stand up. 
and its arms extend as we talked about earlier the magic keeping the connection between the bones as i as i put pressure with my foot on its sternum rear one of my legs back and kick it in the head as hard as i can convinced to this point that surely at some point one of these is going to have to give yeah are you focusing on trying to get yourself free or are you trying to inflict damage on this thing no Kimmon's trying to kill this thing <laughs> cool uh yeah just give me a hack on slash then i think that's a six. Oh no <laughs> wait i'm still up there ah oh. and i don't have a hold anymore but I think what Urzidi is going to do is, with his glaive, knowing that he's not going to get like a, a solid hit in, but just enough, like almost holding it at the extreme end, swinging it towards the back of this skeleton's head that's on top of Kimmon. Cool. The one that you were fighting is still right there, I think, which is cool with me, but you're definitely exposing yourself. I realize that this is like a pretty... I'm almost making like a baseball bat swing for the back of this thing's head, just trying to distract it. I'm standing above it. Oh, I thought it was on top of you. I had rolled it over and it and was standing up. Yeah, at this point, he had gotten on top, but I think you could still hit the... I think I'm still doing kind of the same thing, just a golf swing instead of a... You should golf swing for its arm. Right. Yeah. That's okay. what I was picturing yeah, was yeah, that, yeah. that you were swinging at the arm, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah, cool. Go ahead and give me a, an aid here. Um, I'm very sorry, Kevin. Oh, my God. For both of us, I just rolled snake eyes. So that's a, a three. Kevin, you are still entangled with this thing. Your vision is blacking out, and you hear something squish in your neck. I'm not going to have you roll damage because it doesn't really make sense to me, but you are certainly injured by this and still caught by it. The bony fingers, that magical strength that you had dealt with while wrestling has proven very difficult to get yourself away from. Uruzidi, you swing your glaive out, attempting to knock it away. But when you do so, this scythe is going to cut across. Go ahead and take a D8 plus one of damage. Sweet. Always good. Three, four, minus one. So taking three damage. So you're being accosted, and I think you two are kind of separated from each other as this skeleton is fighting you. You're pressed back with this attack and away from your friend. Kimmon, you're on the verge of death. What do you do? Kimmon wrestles back and tries kicking at the skeleton, but it, its grasp won't let up. And standing stoically just off to the side, constantly in the periphery of Kimmon's vision, he sees Ishth. And with a bit of a smirk on his face, Ishth is just watching Kimmon be strangled. And Kimmon finally realizes the problem, and with one pitiful gasp, looks at Ishth and blood pouring from his mouth. Help! And so I spend the last hold over Ishth, and he will return to my earring. And uh, what is the phrasing on it? Open an enemy up for uh, attack? Yep. That's what you're going to spend the hold on. I like it. And as Kimmon twists his body to throw the skeleton off of him, pull the skeleton off the ground and throw it over my shoulder, Isht is going to hit the skeleton with his shield and propel it the rest of the way. Yeah. Go ahead and roll another hack and slash here and then take the uh, plus one for it from Isht's hold. That's a nine. Cool. Roll your damage. Five damage. 
What does it look like when you destroy this thing? So its arm is magically distended, the magic keeping the joints together strained as I twist and find a weakness and pull it over my shoulder. And as Isht and I work together, we send the skeleton flying, and like a rubber band, the magic contracts its arm and it propels itself forward into the side of the tower where it shatters. And Kimmon stands there gasping for breath and spitting his blood out into the grass around him. Yeah, I wanted to talk about this. I was interested in potentially giving you a ability, but that doesn't quite feel right to me. I'll talk funny. <laughs> I'll give, I mean, I'll give you that too. It, one can say that is, an, a, that is a debility where I have to consciously talk with a rasp. <laughs> Permanently affecting your voice is really interesting, I think, just from a character perspective. Also, your charisma is plus one right now. It is. You could. You can. How do you feel about that? Maybe until you get comfortable with your new voice, you'll take the scarred ability. Scarred? Yeah. Or until you, you get healing. You can heal it the normal way as well, yeah, I either, think. Yeah, but either way. Yeah. I'm very much into the into the voice work, so thanks for your... I like, I like that idea. Uruzidi, you are now left with the last skeleton. It flips the blade back around so that it's curved and is facing you, and it's going to kind of step forward, bringing this blade up in an arc to cut back across you again. What do you do? Yeah, Urzidi is just going to try to use the superior reach of Talon to just drive it in, like, the blade into the eye socket of this skeleton through the eye hole of his helmet. It's an open helmet, but yeah. Yeah. Go ahead and hack and slash for me. That'll fucking do it. That's 11. Put yourself, Put in, yourself a in a spot. Yeah, yes, I'm glad we're out of there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, go ahead and uh, roll your damage here. 11. Oh! Yeah! <laughs> yeah, this thing is still going to get an attack in on you, though. So uh, describe to me kind of the exchange of blows. Actually, go ahead and roll his damage first so you know how bad it is. And then describe how you destroy this thing. Took four damage. Urizidi explodes the skeleton's head, but he thrust over top, and so he left his whole side open, and I think this sword just, like, cuts in kind of up along his back and, like, right underneath of his arm as it swings back into him. Hell yeah. So with a scattering now of bones, this last skeleton falls apart. Kimmon and Urizidi, I want to stick with you guys for just a second. Give you guys a moment after the fight. <laughs> Urzidi walks over to Kimmon and almost pats him on the back like, oh, that's maybe, is that what a friend is supposed to do? I don't know. I've never had one before. <laughs> you move toward even touching me and Kimmon, in a bit of a role reversal, elbows your arm back and stands up. Don't touch me. Well, that's fine. I didn't really want to anyway. <sighs> well, that's taken care of. Urzidi's like brushing his hands off. Where's Melio? Where's, where's, where's Melio? I think there's a beat as Urzidi's just like staring at the tower again. Where's who? Oh, oh, Melio. And he just kind of gestures to the cliff face. He, he fell. Come in, you can see the axe. What the hell are you doing over it? <coughs> Why didn't you help him? I was fine. If I would have helped him and then you would have died, he would have been saying the same thing. So, 
I have some favors I can call in. <laughs> he has nothing. Urzi just kind of shrugs. <laughs> well, we couldn't all come back from this quest of ours. Kimmin looks for a minute like he's about to hit Urzidi, and then he falls onto the ground and, and coughs. Urzidi sighs. I suppose I'll go see if I can pull him out if he needs any help. And Urzidi just kind of strolls calmly to the side of the cliff. Melio, you catch a glimpse of the Black Gates. Describe it. Peace. Inside of a gondola that runs on a tapestry of rivers. Everything around you is made in the image of beautiful and hard-worked art. The sky is stitched. The buildings of Luko are stitched. And the river that flows through everything is stitched and furrows and pulls the gondola that carries your soul forward. The thing that is peculiar to Emilio, the undercurrent behind all these tapestries, running along the rivulets of the tapestry river, are fangs and big moving joints. The thing that actually moves the gondola that carries him forward is a bear. And this bear knocks and rocks the little gondola back and forth through the narrow channel. If you remember, listeners, this is the wonderful, like, Florentine southern Italian city from which our titular hero is from. May I offer an addition in that whenever the bear ducks below the surface of the water, it comes back up the opposite color. Black and then white and then black and then that's white. That's great. I love that. Yeah, that's so great. Yeah, you see that transformation back and forth. And that, to Emilio, as he tentatively rides in this gondola, is peculiar. This is strange. Perhaps he had finally started to believe in what he was seeking and who he was serving. How far do you want me to go, JD? Do you, you set a, a, a vision of that. I can keep going or... That's perfect. Okay, cool. So, here's where normally I would have you roll last breath. But unfortunately, you're in the vulture lands. No mortal thing gets to enjoy their last breath while in this corrupted, necromantic energy that has created this place. I will still have you roll plus nothing. Cool. Twelve? Emilio, you are pulled back into this life, back into your body as you smash into a river of tar, sunk beneath the blackness. You think at first, maybe you are dead. Maybe this is what the afterlife is, is blackness and thick muck clinging to you and pressing down on you. But you manage to at least get your hand freed, comes up covered in tar from this black ichor and then you manage to crawl your way more so than even swim up to the surface you have to cough some of this out of you this black goo but you're alive still up high above you 
at the top of the ravine, you see Urazidi's head poking over. Scattered across the shore, as it were, is a series of bones. Melia, what do you do? I've pulled myself out of what would be like a, a river of tar. Correct. It is a river. It is flowing. But yes, it is a black tar. And there are bones in front of me. What would be like the beach of this river? Somewhat, yes. But also the newer bones of the skeleton that you brought down is all I was trying to imply. How far up is Zidi? Long ways. If you would have hit the beach rather than land in the river, you would have been also a pile of goo. Yep. So he is a pinprick at the top of this ravine. Zidi! I'm all right. How did you get all the way down there? I'm not going to come down there and get you. I'm not going to climb. Follow the river. Which way is the the sun setting or rising? Uh, This was still the morning, so the sun is, yeah, probably at this point is above you guys now. It's getting close to noon. As much as you can see it in that haze that exists in the vulture lands. I gesture. I assume this river's running east-west. Sure. It's not exactly what we're doing. It doesn't matter. I'm going to head east. I'll meet back up with you. Uh, okay. We will see you later then. I start marching forward through this muck. Urzidi turns. I have some bad news. Kimmon's like half asleep. Yeah. Rested against the, the side of the tower. Urzidi kneels down. Kimmon. Shakes your shoulder a little bit. What? <coughs> And uh, I, I, like, pull my dagger out and then... What? 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 I am no expert, but I think Melio is dead. Yeah, there's nothing to make, nothing in to make out on a skeleton, and that—that's the frustrating part about <laughs> skeletons. <laughs> that's why they're truly the best D and D opponent. They're, they're yeah. definitely my favorite. I love them. It it hits the armor every time too, like uh, <laughs> in, with with growing frustration. <laughs> you see its brow furrow somehow. What? <laughs> Two again. <laughs> the claymation, like, um. Uh, yeah, these guys are Ray Harryhausen skeletons, by the way. They're made out of clay. Um, you can just well, go ahead and picture we, we that were in your all mind. Ima- yeah. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. were all imagining that. It's fine. <laughs> it's weird you said they. I Because they're a genderless skeleton. That's good.
I think you can. I think what you can use me? it when it's a skeleton. I will. I will put that. I, c- I can. I can. I just. Listen, this skeleton has a fucking family. <laughs> okay. It's just a photo of a skeleton wife and skeleton child <laughs> in his I pocket. Just, imagine, it, it falls out of its pocket as it falls over. As it falls <laughs> over the ledge. That's that's your seven through nine. I just imagine <laughs> you bear bear the weight of this skeleton's life as you make contact with it. It transmutes its its whole story. Tell my to skeleton you wife, I love her. Cinema. I love her. <laughs> <laughs> Linda, Linda, you, no! You just you just see the skeleton laying in bed like Wolverine, uh, with the picture of Jean Grey, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, somewhere there are a bunch of tiny little skeletons walking around without a father in this desert plain. <laughs> How is that skeleton child gonna be able to go to skeleton college without a dad? Okay. <laughs> He's he'll get his skeleton. First off, it's Skella University. And yes. <laughs> Let's be real, it's Skeleton Community College. Whatever. Um Skeleton University. <laughs> My kid got a skeletonership. <laughs> I can't do it, I'm sorry. Uh too much. Um <laughs> Ooh, that, that's, well, that's, boy, that's only he it? only gets that that skeletonership uh, as long as he plays skeleton football or something. <laughs> bone, bone ball, bone ball, ball right call there. it. <laughs> Son, one day you're gonna grow up and be a bone knight, bringing it back. Hey, to listen, okay, you only like, got a minor in bone knight. I'll tell you what, he did get to bone <laughs> one night. Anyways, college, hey yo, freshman forty. Uh, I think I'm putting on just, the freshman 15 And he just looks at his skeletal frame He's just 15 bones <laughs> I'm just big boned <laughs> Come on baby give me a chance I'm just big boned It's not the only big bone you know what I'm saying um, <laughs> What's what's wrong honey I don't know I'm just I'm, I'm a little nervous Just give me a second <laughs> <laughs> What's the matter Dude you couldn't get a boner uh. Sorry. Yeah. Anyways, I'd like to die now. <laughs> you, you, and the rest of us. I think. <laughs> that was dumb as hell. Uh, yes. Welcome to the Black Gates. Uh, you can go, but your bones stay here. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> or your bones can go, and you stay. Here. <laughs> you're just, you're just that girl from the anti weed ad. <laughs> What if it's just, do you guys remember chalkboards as a kid? Like actual, factual, like yeah. yes, old I, I am aware of the concept of chalkboards. As a kid, <laughs> I went to school for math, dude. <laughs> do you remember when yeah, you every take college you've er- ever been in has a chalkboard? <laughs> no. Like, no when shit. you would take two erasers and clean them? Yes. Is yeah. that what's happening to this motherfucker? He just gets right chalked. Now? Turn this bone into he chalk. Just, <laughs> he gets pink misted for bone folk. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm into that being what happens to his head. I don't know why course. I find the phrase "bone folk" so satisfying, but I really do. <laughs> Sorry, it seems like I some new ancestry or whatever. That's that's, that's what I was thinking. I was D&D like, D like would release whatever. whatever bone folk. Yeah, I'm a, I'm bone folk. It's, it's bone. You can be half bone. It's bone. I'm half elf, half bone. Yeah, yeah <laughs> my mom was an orc and my dad was a skeleton. <laughs> B X N E F X L K. That's just yeah. that's just a band name now. 
<laughs> hey, we are bone Damn, folk. A folk metal band. Bone folks. <laughs> uh, you could they could the the guys in the band could be playing their ribs like a xylophone. Is oh, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one one has a like a, a really long femur and it's got some strings dum, going dum, down dum, into like dum, an dum, overturned washtub. One it, just snaps the jaw of a skeleton head over and over <laughs> to like keep spoons. Well. It's or, or he's like playing the jug, but he's blowing into different size skeletons' <laughs> eye holes, <laughs> like the skull. And then That's it's led good. by Mick Jagger, who just looks like Mick Jagger. Yeah. <laughs> Who's just like Mick Jagger? <laughs> Keith Richards is there too. Be like, all right, mate. <laughs> Ooh, we can't die. We made a deal with the devil. We're here leading. We're here leading the bone band. <laughs> get you, get you. But they only. They all right. Only. We apologize. Please, please be dramatic. I don't apologize. Your bones are mine.